1: Hey Doug Nation, it's Chris Paul and you're listening to the Morning
2: Roast with Bonta Hill and Joe Shasky on 95.7 The Game
1: CP3, he was back on the sideline yesterday after the Warriors got a win they've been off since Martin Luther King Jr. day, they look fresh, it looks A very emotional day at Chase Center shout out Decky shout out his family, of course Decky we lost him 46 years old due to a heart attack um not easy, but the Warriors went out there and handled their business, beating the Atlanta Hawks by 22 points, their largest home win of the season. Jonathan Camiga, 11 for 11. Tied Chris Muller for the most made field goals without a miss in the shot clock era. 1954 55. Chris Mullin, 11 for 11. Jonathan Camiga, 11 for 11. Really good game for JK. 25 points, nine rebounds, and the Warriors will be back on the floor today against the Sacramento. Kings, we'll chime in on that a little bit, but we are getting ready for the NFC title game. Uh, Let's squeeze in John and Boulder real quick before Eric Kramer. John and Boulder, what's happening? You're on the roast.
3: Hey guys, how's it going? Good, Um, good. So I just wanted to uh, give you guys a little context. I'm a Michigan guy, grew up and I moved to the Bay and became a Niners fan, Uh, but growing up I was a Lions season ticket holder through the O in 16 years. And this game is probably the most important game in the last 25 years. Um, I remember growing up, going to games, we had guys with bags on their heads, uh, guys with Fire melon signs when Matt Mellon was the GM, wow. being chased by security throughout the stands, um, just a lot of anger. And with Michigan and Michigan State, the Lions are the one team that unites the state, and I've never seen more excitement behind a team in a game so it's really important um and yeah uh so i could see guys like union guys from the auto industry driving cross country Mm -hmm. selling their second car um it's that important wow i just want to give you guys a little more context Um, no john you know what
1: according to vivid seats 20 percent of the fan base sunday is going to be live fans which disgusts me i am disappointed if that's the case it's going to be 20% Honolulu Blue inside the stadium? Levi's? What? 49er fans selling their NFC title game tickets like we go to the NFC title game every single season. I can't believe it. I don't care how much money. I don't care. Man, if I can't pay rent, I'm times, going to this game. Times are hard. Times are hard. I'm going, yeah. right, I'm going to this game. I I'm, rent, I'm, I'm going I'm making to this game. I'll make it work. I'm making it work. I'm making it work. I can't Come have Lion fans coming to Levi Stadium. Are you kidding
2: me? You have to be realistic.
1: I am being realistic for myself. Everybody's yeah. different, I'm different. All right, Eric Kramer, former Detroit Lions quarterback, Chicago Bears. It's my childhood right here in the 90s. I remember watching Eric Kramer growing up. He, hell, he was a quarterback in 91 when the Lions had that magical run to the NFC title game. Eric, good morning, man. Welcome to the Morning Rose. Bonte Hill, Joe Shasky the Butcher. How are you doing this morning?
4: I'm doing great, man. Just enjoying the little conversation you guys just had with that Lions fan, who, by the way, is representative of about a million fans in in, in, in and around the city of Detroit.
1: Wow. Wow. Now, we're going to get to your book because we talked to Bernie Colzar earlier this season, and I remember you playing as a quarterback, but I didn't know your backstory here. You have the book, The Ultimate Comeback, Eric Kramer's powerful memoir offers hope and healing amidst mental health struggles, so we'll get to that in just a second because we understand how violent this game is and how depressed some former players get after football, but let's start with the Lions here. Uh, What do you remember about that 91 season? What do you remember about the city getting behind you guys during that 91 year in which you guys lost to Washington in the NFC time? Game.
4: It was a magical run, and we came out of nowhere. We had gone six and ten, I think, the year before, and but it was a very like this year, a very talented team, uh, young, and um, uh, so yeah. I mean, the the season kind of about two thirds of the way through took a turn when Mike Otley went down, and uh, he was a right guard, and uh, on a play against the Rams, and was. Didn't know it at the time, but was uh, paralyzed from the waist down, and um, and so anyway, that that was um, a rallying cry is not the way to describe it, but it uh, I'd say sort of galvanized us in Mike's honor to continue on playing with him in mind, and um, so you know we we. Um, went on a late season run as well. I think we ripped off about five or six in a row. And um, we, were, we were kind of like this year's Lions. Uh, we were good in all three phases. And um, so anyway, that, that's what I remember from that year. And uh, obviously, we ran into a buzzsaw at the end. Right. to start the year against Washington where we lost forty five to nothing oh, and then where we lost forty something to ten, uh, where we're I we we're down seventeen, ten at halftime, but clearly we were overmatched. And um so anyway, that was in my opinion, though, as far as Washington goes, had to be one of the best teams in NFL history. Yeah.
1: That's what they say. The Hogs up front, Shasky.
2: Yeah, Gary Clark, Art Monk. I mean they yeah. were they were special. Walk me through the psyche of a Detroit Lions fan. We've heard from you. We've heard from Jamel Hill. We've heard from all these different people. It's like the biggest game in the history of the state. Uh, (laughs) What's it like being a Detroit Lions fan? Because it sounds like you're still revered to this day because of that NFC Championship game appearance.
4: Well, in that that sort of and I'm grateful in one sense, but it's sad in another, in that it's taken 30-plus years to get back to an NFC championship game and uh, to win, you know, for the first time in Lions history, 14 games in a season. And just, uh, I don't know. I I think that this team, to me, for the Lions, is special in the sense that um, – they're not just talented. They've got a sense of direction, clear direction, from the top on down. And it seems like, you know, this team feels the way that other past Lion teams didn't, which means um, from the ownership, down to the general manager, down to the head coach, down to the players, they're all in the same boat, rolling the same oars. And uh, that makes for a. Or it makes to me, and they're all young, and that makes for me to be like a, te- a team that's going to be around a while.
1: Yep. Yeah. Eric Kramer here on the Morning Rose, courtesy of the Boxing Girls and Guest Line, former quarterback with the Lions, Bears, the Chargers, started off his career with the Atlanta, but had a magical 91 season with the Detroit Lions as they advance to the NFC title game. All right, what's your perspective on the 49ers? You were playing during the 90s, during the heyday when the Niners were winning championships, and it seemed like yeah. they were appearing at NFC title games every single season. This year's Forty right. ers team and Brock Purdy. You played that position. What's your thoughts on Brock Purdy?
4: I think great. I mean, he, he's you know faltered at times this year, um, particularly at times when nobody thought he would, and, and like last game for example. Right. Um, but uh, I think, by and large, uh, he is. I think currently the best person story in the NFL um in that, you know, he wasn't even the guy the Forty ers wanted until the last pick in the draft. Yeah. And and uh yet uh given a chance and given somebody's work ethic, um, look what he's done. And uh so it's it's you know he amongst other players on that team um have all added up to make what the 49ers are today, given that they've got, again, kind of what the Lions had, but before the Lions, is they've got, you know, upper management, um, coaching staff, players, all look like they're rolling their oars in the same direction
2: what is it about Dan Campbell and Jared Goff that has really endeared you to them? Like what is it about their story uh, getting to this point that really makes you a believer in both guys?
4: Well, I don't know either one of them personally, but um, from the outside, what it looks like is that uh, Dan has a clear sense of direction and he's, not only play the game, but he can. Uh, he players respect him because of where he's been and what he, uh, how he believes in them. Like there's one clear message in that building, and it's from uh, Sheila Hamp or Sheila Ford Hamp on down to Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell and everybody, and I think that. That to me is what you know. Dan Campbell doesn't just believe in uh, in Jared Goff, although that is huge. you know, he, he's an emotional guy that isn't afraid to show it and really believes in what not only he's doing, but what everyone around him is doing, that he's helped guide and and motivate. So I think the combination of Jared Goff and he together are magical. And I love the fact that Jared Goff, since he's been there, remember when he went there, they were, what, 3-13? and 13?
1: Yeah, they were all And... <laughs>
4: he was a cast off. He was kind of a throwaway in that deal to get to a, for the Rams to acquire um, Matthew Stafford. And so Matthew Stafford didn't have to rebuild a career. Um, he just got to play around really good players under a really good coach. Mm. And, and so, uh, uh, Jared Goff, even though they were both number one picks had to actually resurrect his career. Right. And, And so, which he's done in a fairly short amount of time. And I love the fact that during this year, when everybody was patting him on the back after 10 or 11, 12 great games, he starts to falter himself. He doesn't panic. Dan Campbell doesn't panic. Players around him don't panic. And he stays resilient to what he's always done. All of a sudden, guess who's the best quarterback in the NFL? Or or literally at the top. If you're talking about fourth quarters, it's not even close. Mm. And 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 that's what I love to see in other players, not necessarily specific to quarterbacks, but resiliency in people um, is well, what it's all about.
1: Well, I want to talk about your resiliency resiliency here. Eric, Eric Kramer here on the Boxing Girls and Guest Line. We'll get you out with this. Your book, The Ultimate Comeback, Surviving a Suicide Attempt, Conquering Depression and Living with a Purpose. Now, it's a deep story here. And we don't, you know, we don't mess around with suicide. We've heard Bernie Kozar's story. We've had him on, about all the surgeries, concussions, some of the relapses he had. Eric, what was it about? Was it retirement? Was it not playing the game? What led to some of these events here? And which led you to write the book about it?
5: Well, when
4: you're talking about suicide, that was and a suicide attempt. Anyway, that was what happened to me when I was overwhelmed—literally overwhelmed—by a series of uh, tragic family events. Hmm. Um, starting, my son Griffin um, had actually been in uh, rehab, beginning or drug rehab, in tenth grade, uh, in high school. Wow. And and so. Uh, You know, he was, um, you know, he kind of ran the gamut where why am I here to thanks that you got me here to, oh, that was brainwashing. And then uh, by the time he got out of um, outpatient program, he went to high school at Thousand Oaks High School, which he then went right back to struggling in school again and um and so eventually he um relapsed and um it was a heroin overdose and uh so he he eventually one morning didn't didn't wake up oh, and yeah. uh sorry
1: to hear that well oh, go
4: and yeah and then uh, my mom had prior to that um the year before or actually earlier uh, that year Um, so Griffin passed away October 30th, 2011, earlier that year, um, the day after mother's day, my mom found out she had stage four uterine cancer. Um, and that in itself was an ordeal, um, and she survived a ridiculous operation uh, where she then afterward had to go through, you know, a lot of chemotherapy. And, um, uh, you know, and it, it was during that time, actually, when she and I got close. And, um, and then, you know, she, eventually she went into remission and eventually, she, you know, her cancer came back. And so she passed away in July of the following year. Mm. And then right around that time, my dad, who I was never really close with, um, but uh, eventually around that time, my mom passed away. Uh, he uh, had some untreated acid reflux. So to those of you out there that do get it, treat it, because his went untreated. Which then turned into esophageal cancer, which was like a three-year decline, Jeez. like steady decline, and uh, and then Dylan, my younger son, uh, he wasn't living with me at the time either, and so um, yeah, it just uh, it was a, it, you know, I hate to say it was events that conspired against me, right. but it was, and and what I. And it wasn't like I wasn't seeing, seeing a therapist at various stages, but eventually I stopped and, um, and it didn't take long after that before I, I literally remember driving down the road one day and it was like this little feeling that I had before, uh, when depression comes, there's, there's like, it's. There's like a knock at the door, but the door comes swinging open. Like, there's, it's, <laughs> hmm. it's like a fog or a flood that comes in that you cannot, you know, resist. Um, so anyway, that just basically, at that time, led me on a downward spiral that I couldn't get out of. And, you know, it's like when you play a sport or when you commit yourself to something, um, there's always the process of working through it right? So you're always sort of building up some resilience as you go, um, which is kind of how that all happened is, uh, you know, it wasn't like I never sought out treatment uh, therapy. I had in different times in, in my life. Um, but anyway, so that, that's what happened. And then eventually uh, I lost all perspective, and lost my wits, really, and uh, conspired to, you know, research out the best way to do this, uh, which was what I did, uh, shoot myself underneath my chin, and uh, fortunately, we're still here, and I'm talking about this, Yeah. Um, wow. because I do not feel the same way I once did. That was, what, eight-ish years, nine years ago, almost, and... Um, so times have certainly changed, um, and uh, as it says, I'm living with a purpose, and I would I would say multiple purposes. But uh, it, it's uh, it's been an ordeal. But I really have to thank not only the doctors um, who saved my life, but the uh, you know the many people who were there um, throughout that time wow. and still are.
1: Wow, Eric, man! Well, we're proud of you for fighting through that. That's not easy. Doesn't sound easy. Sounds heavy. Um, The ultimate comeback, surviving a suicide attempt, conquering depression, and living with a purpose. We're glad that you're living with multiple purposes. And we're glad that you're able to talk to us about this football game on Sunday. Uh, Eric, take care. Keep, Keep Take care of your mentals, man. We'll be praying for you. It sounds like a fight that you'll continue to fight every single day of your life. But we're glad that you're still alive, breathing, man.
4: Very good. Grateful to be on your show. You guys have fun and enjoy your
1: day. Absolutely. Eric Kramer, former Lions quarterback, Bears quarterback here on the morning roast. And yeah, it got a little heavy there. It got a little heavy. <laughs> the ultimate comeback, surviving a suicide attempt, conquering depression and living with a purpose. I was talking to somebody, and I don't know if they want me to announce this on the air, so I won't do it. Um, it was a conversation I was having before the show yesterday on the phone. I believe it at 5.30 in the morning. People are up. And this particular person, you never know what somebody's going through. He lost, uh, I think he lost two brothers, a dad and a mom, in the same calendar year. Jeez. And the best way to get over it for him was, I got to just continue to work. I got to continue to work. So, you know, take care of your mentals, man. Take care of your mentals. You know, it's, uh, it's a lot. Wow, that got, I got heavy. I got heavy. I don't even know how to segue after that. Uh, Eric Kurt Kramer, Boxer at Guest Line. Uh, talk about the lines, of course, and what that team means to the city. Let's take some calls. Uh, let's go to Tim at Deadville. Tim, what's happening? You're on the roast.
0: Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to be negative here, and I'm a, I'm a Niner fan. I dropped 40 grand on two club seats uh, when they first opened up, and then I ended up selling them because I got discouraged when Harbaugh left. But I don't feel good about this Sunday's game, and I'm going to go there. I'm going to be at the game. I'm feeling that the fans, even though they won last week, it was luck. It was pure luck. And before the Packer game, I was telling you know my wife and friends that I, I don't feel good about this one. And so they, they you know they really laid an egg. And when I look at Detroit, I look at the hungriness of what they're after, and then I start seeing oh you know Debo, he's you know, he he's sore. He doesn't know if he's going to play. I mean. I'm not just, I'm not seeing the momentum here on the neither side. That's number one. Number two, uh, I'm also feeling that, you know, like for Brock, I I like the guy. I love him. I want him to do well, but when he plays great, he plays great. When he plays bad, he plays really bad. It's (laughs) kind of the same thing with Jimmy G, right? Jimmy G was good. Jimmy and then he's bad. Jimmy would come out. So I don't know. I'm confused. I think a lot of fans are confused. You know, if they can blow out the Lions, I think, oh, gosh, we're going to be jumping up and down. right Because then we believe we can win the Super Bowl. Why are you guys
2: but so scared? right now? He, I, don't right know, Tim, I don't know. Tim, you're freaking out. He's the scared scared are winning He's my guy day. put 40K <laughs> on each seat. Right. I <laughs> want to know what kind of work you do. Can I borrow some money? Well, he sold the tickets. He sold them. What kind of work do you do?
1: I don't know. you got some deep Investment pockets. Investment banker? Nah, uh, hey. You scare to... me, Bonte. Why are you guys so scary? What are, what are you guys... You guys spooked about the Detroit Like, Man, like we haven't been in football games like this. Like we haven't been in NFC title Is, games before. Like we haven't been in fo- physical football games. Like we don't have Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy, the second cup of the or Joe Montana.
2: Now all of a sudden, you guys are shook? Can I ask you this? Why are you guys shook? Forget the 2019 one. Just the last three. Rams down in L.A., Eagles in Philly, Niners at home against Detroit. Which was the hardest game heading into it? The Eagles.
1: The Eagles because you're going to Philadelphia, the Rams, or whatever. We should have won. it. We should have beat the Rams. We're up 17-7. Should have won that damn game. All right? Should have beat the Eagles last year, and we exposed their asses this year and took their soul. And now they're at home looking for D coordinators and offensive coordinators. The Lions are coming here to Levi Stadium. The red paint's in the end zone, damn it. I don't care about stats, numbers. Matchups, quarterbacks, coaching. My team is better than the Lions. I'm tired of all this scary-ass talk about the NFC title game. All oh, Detroit. Everybody's rooting for Detroit. Dan Campbell and all that stuff. Man, the hell with them. I got Brock. I got Devo. I got Iuke. I got Kittle. I got McCaffrey. This is what Lynch and Shanahan built for this team, for this moment right here, on Sunday, Championship Sunday at Levi Stadium. And I got people calling me left and right, scared of the Detroit Lions, the Kentons The hell with them. The hell with the Lions. I'm sick of this. The Niners are winning the game, game on Sunday. They ain't coming here punking us. Like we some damn punks out here in the Bay Area. Oh, my God. The nation's rooting for the Lions. Oh, my God. They play physical. Oh, my God. They're running backs. And all this talk. Yada, 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 yada. He didn't even bring them up. He brought up our quarterback. I don't care. Brock Purdy's going to be fine. All right? He led. The Did he not win the game Win the drive? Did he not lead that? Yeah. 12 plays, 69 yards? Oh, yeah. Did he throw a bat? Was there a bad throw yeah. on that drive? No. Ice water in his veins. I got McCaffrey, the best player in football. Named offensive player of the year yesterday. I'm supposed to be scared about the damn Lions. Are oh, you guys spooked? Well, don't go to the game. Sell your tickets in on Sunday if you're spooked. There is- Let me watch the game. I'm sick of this scary-ass talk. No, no, my team has been in three straight NFC title games. Look, we are the dung done in the NFC. There is hell with this. Scary-ass talk, man. I'm so sick of you guys in this. Oh, my God, the Lions do this. And What do we do? We average 30 a game.
2: What do we do?
1: We averaged 30 in a game. We got the best run game in football. We got the best pass game in football. Explosive. Explosive. All day long. We played a D game on Saturday and still won. Scared of the damn Lions. Screw them. Turn this thing up. All these scary ass Niner fans, I don't want to hear from you no more. No more. All this nervous energy and everything like that. I'm going there to win. All right? We're going there to win on Sunday. No, we're going, going to be in Las I'm Vegas. Going to I, Monday, I'm going to, go to, the game Monday, to lose. What
2: Monday, Monday, Monday we'll be talking we're about a damn victory. Of course we're going to the game to win. God, I'm just happy to be here. Congratulations, Detroit. We're here to just celebrate. I, I'm spending my money and my time because so I scary. want
1: to lose. Oh, my God. You guys are now scared of Jared Goff? Two weeks ago you said Jared Goff wasn't anything. All of a sudden we scared of Jared Goff. All of a sudden we scared well, of Jared Goff. And all year feedback. long y'all been disrespecting Jared Goff. And now y'all scared of Jared Goff? please Things change quickly please that boy will be seeing ghosts on Sunday I promise you that in front of his family of friends damn what scary ass talk let's go to uh, Nick and Berkeley turn us up Nick
5: <laughs> the hell with all these punks hey bonte I'm right with you man look man if you ain't if you ain't talking about the 90s win, then turn in your little man card and get your pass the and then you you be your band from Levi's these cats, we westbound and down out here, man. You better get, you better get with the program. All this, all this scary ass cats out here, man. The bay don't roll like that, Detroit. We're coming for you. Come to our test here, kitty, 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 kitty. Here, kitty, 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 kitty. kitty go <laughs> get some of this, baby. We're about to, we're about to lay you out, God. You only beat us one time. You got that ring on for fluke. I mean, I, I, I don't even want to go there. But let me tell you what. Let me tell you what's happening. God, seven touchdowns on, on grass. I mean, seven touchdowns on grass, 21 on turf. He's got 1,200 yards on grass passing and, and, and 3,000 yards on turf. He's a turf player. He's been a turf player. He's going to get smashed. Okay. He's not mobile. He tries to throw across the field, running to his right. He's going to get, picked. he's going to throw a pick six and at least one more after that. He might throw three picks. We're going to get a bunch of sacks. We're going to lay these cats out, man. We don't care who you are. The crane is rolling down the track. I said at the beginning of the season, the train is on the track, and we're rolling straight to Vegas, <laughs> baby. We're taking Let's no go. prisoners. All these scary cats out there, turn in your tickets, man, because last week was lit. Cats from was abyssal. Baker Steel was coming up sitting <laughs> next to me. We were hyped. These cats were jumping around. They fell down two rows we were so hyped. I'm telling you, Levi's was lit. Nobody was, was even buying anything to eat. The whole crowd was watching. It wasn't even no kids around. <laughs> I was cursing. My daughter didn't even get mad. I mean, dude, it's all exactly. I'm so I thought maybe I be sleep until Sunday. You might not. You might but, not.
1: You might not, Nick. You might not as you're listening to ninety five seventy K KGMG, M One San Francisco. Don't forget you could also watch us every single day on our YouTube and Twitch streams. That's all I gotta search ninety five seventy K. Be sure to like and subscribe to the channel while you are there. Brought to you by First NorCal Credit Union, the smart choice for low auto-low rates. and a super simple online application process. Also, shout out to the Comcast Business Tech. So I, we got to take them to school in about five minutes. Look, the interior of their offensive line is the weakness. Heat them up. Jonah Jackson's not playing. All right, just had surgery to clean up a slight meniscus tear. Ragnall's tough. He's banged up. Get pressure. This is where I pay Javon Hargrave and Eric Garfield to heat these suckers up. Left and right all day long. This is our house, man. They're coming to Levi's. They're coming to the Bay. We got a home game. This is all we wanted, right? Right, Niner fans? It's all we wanted. Of Number course. one
2: seed. bye week Home field advantage. Now we scared about the Lions coming here, here, taking something that's ours? No, I just think the Niners. a lot of Niners fans got racked across the chin uh, with a right hook. And, you know, it, until the game starts, and with the Debo situation being kind of up in the air, I can understand being a little, you know... Skeptical, and plus we've lost this game how many times in a row?
1: Two years in a row.
2: Yeah, that I means so. Until you win one, it's it's hard to not have a little bit of, you know, scariness in oh your my veins. Gosh,
1: I, yeah, I, my heart don't pump Kool Aid.
2: Well, look, <laughs> let me say, just <laughs> make, me that make my argument. All year I've spent defending Brock Purdy as infinitely better than the Jimmy Garoppolo, as if it it it, it was independent of. Ripping Jimmy. It was more like Brock's... Jimmy was good. Brock's been that much better. All year, I've said that. And then, obviously, the game happened last week, and he looked like Jimmy Garoppolo for the majority of that game. And it felt like, oh, great, here we go again. But now, to his credit, he completely backed it up in the fourth quarter, which Listen. in the playoffs you didn't really see Jimmy do that. You just didn't see him have that fourth quarter right. playoff game. Now, he's done it at times in the regular season with the season on the line in Week 17 and Week 18 in multiple seasons. But in the playoffs, you'd never seen him really do that. So that makes me feel a lot better. But the other side is like, all right, now it's been two. Playoff games in a row for Purdy. The Dallas game last year. That's and a great game defense.
1: What? A defense last year with Dallas no was doubt. very,
2: very good. No doubt. And what happened in the fourth quarter? But they got... I'm just I'm just saying, like, I saw I saw some some cracks <laughs> in the facade, and it's just... I, I worry. I need them to play lights out. <laughs> I need the them playoffs. to play lights out. These are the best of the best. I don't think they're winning a game without the, Brock playing lights this out.
1: This is the best of the best. You're going to
2: struggle it. Go look at Peyton Manning's first Super Bowl run. Did he play lights out? No. But I think for this team... Given where they're at and against this offense, I do think they're going to need to play lights out.
1: Purdy's goal. These are the NFL playoffs. All right?
2: Come on. Like, if Lamar is going to beat Patrick Mahomes, he's going to have to play lights out, correct? Maybe. That defense is really good. They may shut down Kansas City's offense.
1: They may, have, they may be able to win a 24-17 game against Kansas City. I don't know.
2: I don't think but I'm Kansas looking at City's Brock winning Birdie, but without, I'm, without Mahomes playing lights out. Yeah, well, out. he has
1: to play lights out for that team. I don't think Lamar has to play necessarily lights out for the Ravens to win. He has to play well. Look, Obviously, you can't play bad. See, I'm
2: just looking at know? our team and, and how precise the offense is. And to be able to run on this team, I think it's going to be a little difficult. So you're going to need Purdy's arm. And that's the area of weakness for Detroit is their secondary. And so if for them to exploit it, the timing, the rhythm, the intermediate passing, it's all got to be connected. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio.